0: Happy Halloween, true cry mamas. I'm your host, Susanna, and today we have a special spooky treat just for you a collection of North Carolina ghost stories and eerie folklore. Some will make you giggle, some will make you sad, but they will all leave you with that perfect Halloween chill. Enjoy.
1: true crime mamas and friends this is Christina the co-host and I'm here today with Lindsay hello and Courtney hi and we are really excited to share some ghost stories with you so we're going to go first and we're really excited and we hope you enjoy some of the stories that we share So I'm going to tell the story about Lydia, who is the ghost of Jamestown Bridge, and I verified um, most of the stories um, in the Greensboro News and Record, and it's because I kind of have always known the story, and I don't know if either one of you guys grew up around Greensboro, but... I did. You did. So Mm -hmm. have you heard of Lydia before? I have.
0: I actually think it's one of the more popular ghost stories in the area too. So
1: kind of, I feel like if you grew up in that area, you knew the story of Lydia and the bridge. Yeah, it's um, pretty interesting. And I would remember sometimes driving by at night going, please do not let me see Lydia. (laughs) I can't handle it tonight. (laughs) So um, I've never, I've never seen Lydia, Um, but I've always heard the story. And I think it's just such a captivating story Mm -hmm. So um, there's a bridge in Jamestown, North Carolina with a story to tell. Drive by on a rainy, foggy night, and it may beckon you to slow down and maybe even get out of your car to take a closer look. Picture this. It is black outside with only the moon and your car's headlights. It's been drizzling on and off, and the fog is rising from the ground. You are driving down Main Street in Jamestown on your way home. As you approach the bridge and underpass, you notice what appears to be a person. As you get a little closer, the person you see is actually a young woman with beautiful long flowy hair in an old fashioned white dress. She raises her arm asking for you to stop. The look on her face clearly shows she's in distress. Because of the weather, the fact that she is a woman and defenseless, you stop your car You offer her a ride home, and she graciously accepts, whispering an address in nearby high point. Although you are nervous about having a stranger in your car, you attempt small talk, but you only get one-word answers and a voice barely above a whisper. The young woman never looks at you, but instead looks solemnly straight ahead. The remainder of the drive is quiet. When you pull up beside the young woman's home, you look down to unlock the car. When you look back up, the young woman has vanished. Clearly baffled, you stop the car, walk up to the house, and knock on the door. It takes a little while for someone to answer the door. The person who finally opens the door is a small, sad, elderly woman. You explain a situation to her and ask about the young woman. The elderly woman begins to weep and turns toward the entryway table, which has a framed photograph. She presents you with the frame. It is a picture of the young woman that you trip here. You ask the elderly woman about her. The elderly woman then explains, This is my daughter Lydia. You couldn't have driven her home. She died in a horrible car accident years ago. Without a word, you walk away in complete disbelief. Who did you just drive home? That's so creepy. I know.
0: (laughs) Wow, I've never heard of this story before either. I didn't grow up in, around here. That is definitely creepy.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's a story that um, if you grew up in the Piedmont Triad, you may have heard of her. Um, she's in the Jamestown area. I actually did some work at Roxdale High School um, with a class of freshman girls, and that was something that we were bound and determined to figure out was who was Lydia. But um, actually, there are two ghost hunters. Um, there's one named Michael Reniger and one named Amy Greer, and they think they cracked the case. So they think that Lydia was actually a woman named Annie L. Jackson. And on June 20th, 1920, Annie and three friends, J.C. Hutchinson, Charlie Cross, and Nettie Lefko, were driving along Main Street in Jamestown. It was around 10 p.m. Hutchinson was driving, but not driving carefully. He was taking the curves too fast and ended up losing control of the vehicle. The vehicle flipped, and Annie was thrown from the car. Charlie and Nettie were injured, and Hutchinson fled the scene. While Charlie and Nettie were hospitalized, they eventually recovered. But when Annie was thrown from the car, her head smashed against the pavement. She was declared dead on the scene. And there's not a lot, y'all, that's known about Annie. Um, We think that the reason that her name transformed to Lydia is because they think her middle name was Ludia, and it was a misinterpretation. So mm-hmm. it could make sense. Yeah, I mean, happens. I could see someone because who's ever heard the name Ludia, but Lydia is pretty yeah. close to it. Um, she was actually not a young girl because some of the stories have someone in a prom dress. She was actually um, 35 years old when she died.
0: That was like a Spencer back then.
1: Yeah, pretty much older. She was unmarried. She had no kids. And they think she worked at a place called Vicks Chemicals in Greensboro. Um, But she's buried behind a lot chain fence at Holtz Chapel Cemetery in Greensboro. So you could go and find her grave today, Mm -hmm. which I think is super interesting. And Michael Renegar, the ghost hunter, said, This story resonates with people because everyone wants to go home. And if this is Annie and the mystery is solved, maybe she can move on and not be there anymore. Though the story will always be there. So that's the story of Lydia. Interesting.
0: I remember back in, like, my high school days, I knew a lot of, like, Ragsdale kids. And it's funny because I think a lot of people back in the day in high school, like, it was kind of their goal to try to see Lydia So, we would all, like, cram into cars and try to drive out that way, like, if it was rainy or foggy and we were in the area, just, like, hoping we would see something. Of course, we never did, but, I mean, it was kind of like the thing, like, it's such a well-known story in the area, especially around, you know, Halloween time and everything. That's something
1: people still try to go out and do is see if they can see Lydia, so... Yeah, So maybe one of you will have a Lydia story to share with us. If you do, we would be completely interested to hear. Please post on um, our Facebook or Instagram page. Thanks all.
0: Hi, Mamas. I'm your host Susanna and this week we'll be sharing one of our ghost stories. Today I'm here with our podcaster Heidi. How are you Heidi? Good. I'm doing really good. Yeah are you getting excited for Halloween? Yes Halloween's my favorite. I start decorating in September. Yeah we are actually in Heidi's house recording and it looks like a haunted house. You know she's got <laughs> skeletons and pumpkins everywhere. It's adorable. It's my favorite. I really loved being creeped out. Like, as a kid, as an adult, I make my family watch scary movies.
1: It's, it's my favorite.
0: I love it. I love it. All right, well, so today um, I'm going to be sharing the legend of Wanda Woody. Have you heard this one? No. You're not from North Carolina. No, I'm excited. (laughs) So this is a new story. I'm excited. Yeah, it's actually a new story to even people in North Carolina, unless you're this very small group of people from the Appalachian Mountains, or Mm -hmm. um, in my case, I grew up Moravian, and um, there is a Moravian church camp in the Appalachian Mountains called Laurel Ridge. And so this is actually one of the folklores that is shared at that camp. And then at church retreats in Laurel Ridge, which is up in the North Carolina mountains. Um, And so... There are so many versions of this story, Mm -hmm. and you pretty much get a different version depending on who tells it. Um, And can you even be at, like, a church camp without scary stories? I don't think you can. I don't think you can be at any camp without scary stories, right? I'm going to tell the version of the story that my dad always told. Um, So he was a Sunday school teacher with the church and a counselor when he was growing up, and then would tell this story at our various retreats and things there. Um, and I couldn't remember some details, so I had to pick his brain a little bit over the last couple of weeks. So, hey, fun. We'll see. Okay, so the Woody and Peterson family can be compared to the Capulets and the Montagues. So like Romeo and Juliet of the mm-hmm. Appalachian Mountains. And this story takes place in some unknown time of olden days you know like (laughs) back in the day there's no specific time (laughs) right we don't actually know um so the Woody's youngest daughter Wanda was madly in love with one of the Peterson sons John I don't really know the history of the two families or what their beef was with each other, but they hated each other. It I'm was sh- probably over, like, livestock or corn livestock or something. La- right, exactly. Some <laughs> some olden time issue, right? <laughs> um, so Wanda and John were madly in love. And despite the young lovers begging their fathers to put aside their differences, the family patriarchs refused and said that they could not get married. So after exhausting all of their efforts, John and Wanda decided to elope. Good for them. I know, super <laughs> romantic. I wish it ended that way. Um, so their plan was to meet at the local uh, old chapel just off the main road, whatever that <laughs> <Yeah>. means, right? <laughs> um, and then they would catch a ride into town and be married in secret. That night, Wanda went to leave, and she realized that her father was sitting on the front porch in a rocking chair, so she knew she couldn't go out the front door. So she decided that she would sneak out a back window and take a longer route through the woods, but one where she wouldn't be detected. She knew that this route would add probably an hour to her journey to the old chapel to meet John, but she decided it was a safer choice than risking getting caught by her father. So, at this time, John was waiting nervously outside the old chapel. As time passed, he became more and more anxious. After waiting for over an hour, John decided to go search for Wanda. I know. That's always a bad idea. I know. So, John was trying to navigate the rough terrain of the mountainside at night. And unfortunately, took a misstep and fell off the side of the mountain to his death. I know. Oh, it's heartbreaking. That was unexpected. <laughs> I know. I know. It kind of happened quick there. Didn't it? I didn't give a lot of buildup. Um, so, as John fell to his tragic death, Wanda happened to be arriving at the old chapel. She waited for hours and hours, but Aww. of course, John never came. So, Wanda decided to go into the woods and look for John. She wandered out deeply into the woods. The next morning, her family awoke to find that Wanda was missing. They searched and searched for her. Days went by, then months, with no sign of Wanda. So the family went on to believe that Wanda had died or that she had run off with John. Mm-hmm. They weren't sure um, because, of course, John was missing as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly one year later, on the anniversary that Wanda and John went missing, her father was outside chopping wood, mm-hmm. because that's what they did in the mm-hmm. old days, right? They chopped yep. wood for the fire. Um, and at that time, he heard crying in the woods. Mm. And he thought, well, that sounds like my Wanda. Let me see if she's in the woods. And he goes and looks for her. No one should ever go look in the woods. No one should ever go look in the woods, mm-hmm. right? Right. So he goes and he searches and he searches, but he can't find Wanda anywhere. As the years passed, various friends and family members would hear her crying on the anniversary of her disappearance. It is Mm -hmm. creepy. So as campers, we of course were always camping at the anniversary of her death. It didn't matter what time of year it was. Mm -hmm. We were always camping on the anniversary (laughs) of her death. (laughs) But they say that if you listen very closely, you can hear Wanda's crying howls in the woods mm-hmm. as she cries out, searching for her beloved John. Mm-hmm. I know That's so it's really good. sad, yeah. though, right? I know I'm it telling it, and I'm like, it's more sad than scary. But no, I it has all the perfect elements. It's it scary, story. and so here's what would happen when we were at camper retreats. Some adult would get a lantern and go into the woods and swing the lantern and make these uh, sounds in the woods and scare us all to death. That's awesome. So, and then they're, you know, they say, well, if you go to the old chapel, you can find tombstones for Wanda and John, mm-hmm. but they don't exist. Like and I old chapel. like Yeah, any old chapel, which whatever one. everywhere which in North is... Carolina. Every church <laughs> right. has an old, and it's not just a cemetery, it's a graveyard. When yes. it's an old chapel, it's yeah, a graveyard. It's a graveyard, that's yeah. right. Yeah, so that's the story of Wanda Woody. That was a good one. Yeah, and there's a lot of really great ghost stories in North Carolina, but like I said, that's one of my favorites. Um, if anybody else has heard a version of the Legend of Wanda Woody, we would love to hear that if you want to post in our discussion group. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Got to keep moving,
1: got to keep moving. down like hail. down like hail. a ghost story that was shared with us by one of our listeners. We want to give a big shout out to Katie Miller for sharing the story of the Devil's Tramping Ground. The sources I use for this story are UNC-TV and the website NorthCarolinaGhost.com. So Heidi... Have you ever heard of the Devil's Tramping Ground? No. I mean, I feel like I, I want to go there. Yeah, I but do too. I, I mean, I've lived in North Carolina it. forever and I've never <laughs> been here before. But Katie um, shared the story with us, and I'm going to go ahead and go into it and tell you and, all about this empty place. And I know nothing about it. So this is
0: brand new information. Good. Yeah. Okay.
1: So um, I always say this wrong, and I've been schooled that it's not Chatham County, it's Chatham County. And Chatham County, North Carolina, is located in the heart of the Piedmont area. So, not in the Piedmont Triad, but they're calling, like, the section of North Carolina, the Piedmont area. And it's actually part of the Durham-Chapel Hill metro area. However chatham county there's nothing metro about it <laughs> it's very rural um and so they actually say they don't have an urban legend they have a rural legend That's a tired r- r- i know rural. rural, rural. <laughs> <laughs> so it's their rural le- le- um, legend and in the southwest corner of the county so it's right off of harper's crossroads just off state road 1100 There's a small circle in the woods where absolutely nothing grows. Mm -mm. Nothing. I I know. And this place is called the devil's tramping ground. So it's believed um, by the locals that the devil visits these woods in the night. And while he's there, he walks in a circle that's about 40 feet in diameter. And while he's walking, he's trampling the ground with his fiery hooves. And while he's walking, he's planning all kinds of malice. Well, why wouldn't he choose a rural part of North Carolina? I mean, if I was going to trample, I would be doing it like, I don't know, downtown Charlotte. (laughs) So, um... Everyone, we really have the giggles. We can't help it. Um, I don't know why, but it's funny. So if you happen to go to Chatham County and visit this patch of land in the woods, you will find that there is absolutely nothing growing there. There's no flowers, grass, or even weeds. And they've even done some experiments. So if you plant a seed, it doesn't ever sprout. And if you transplant a plant, it stops growing. Oh, wow. It's really weird. So, And they also say that if an item is left in the circle after dark, somehow it will be violently thrust out of the circle before the break of dawn. Wow. Yeah. So they also say animals avoid the circle out of fear. So when you have a dog and you bring it to the circle, they will tuck their tail and they will whimper and they Mm -hmm. refuse to go there. In fact, if you try to lead them into the circle, they'll dig their paws into the ground so they can't be taken into the circle. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. So, um, and they say that there's been many attempts for humans to spend the night there, but Mm -hmm. no one has successfully spent the night there because if they do, they lose their sanity. (gasps) I know. No, I, I couldn't find any cases, yeah. like Jim Bob yeah, went like and the night. Yeah, I want to talk to somebody who did that. Yeah, but apparently that's what happens if you spend uh-huh. the night there. So... Um, from a scientific standpoint, the double tramping ground has baffled scientists for over a 100 years. The soil has been thoroughly examined and tested, but there's nothing about the soil that shows that plants couldn't thrive there. Um, the soil, though, is different from soil that's just a few yards away. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really interesting. So in the soil, there's more sodium, copper, and zinc, and then the pH level is much higher. Um, but with all of those differences, there's nothing in there that makes the soil unviable or toxic. So, they can't so there's figure nothing it out. in there that plants can't grow in. Yeah, there's no reason oh. that plants shouldn't grow there. And additionally, there are spots in the circle that if you take a compass into the circle, it causes the compass to skew about five degrees. And so they thought, well, maybe there's a lot of iron in uh-huh. the soil because that could cause yeah. it, but. There's no Mm -hmm. abnormal levels of iron there either. You have no idea how much you want to go there right now. I know. I really want to go here too. (laughs) So over the years, there have been various other explanations for the barren patch of land. There is a story that's told that there is a huge battle between two rival Native American tribes. Mm -hmm. There was so much bloodshed that the ground was completely soaked with blood. And when that happened, it prevented anything from growing there again. And they say that um, the tribe that lost the battle actually fled mainly in North Carolina, and they ended up going to the Outer Banks, and um, they ended up going on to befriend the Lost Colonists. Oh, in Roanoke. Yeah, uh, I love know that. I love this story, too. Um, there's another story that says that this is the site of the burial ground of a great Native American chief named Croaton. And out of respect for this great chief, the gods keep the area barren. Oh, I like that. I do, too. And an additional idea, and this is probably the wacky—actually, there's mm-hmm. one more that's even wackier, but this is pretty wacky—that the circle was the site of a UFO landing. Uh mm. Well, they say that the radiation from the engines from the UFO machine or Mm -hmm. whatever that is, object, (laughs) um, that it permanently changes soil and it's the reason for no growth of vegetation. Okay. So, I mean, it could happen. I mean, there is Area 51 for a reason. Yeah. So um, the wackiest story And this actually happened not too long ago. There was a sign placed at the Devil's Tramping Ground. And it was renamed as the Chatham County Vortex. Mm -hmm. And the sign claims that the circle is an anchor of a magdalene crystal column of energy. Um. So I had to find this out because... Never heard this before in my life. Um, It is a little (laughs) culty. It actually started over in the UK. So somehow it's traveled Mm -hmm. over here. Mm -hmm. And um, they believe that the earth is surrounded by a web of divine energy called the ma-ray. Okay. Like ma-ray. Okay. And this, they say, is an expression of divine feminine presence. Alright. Yeah, and what's interesting is this is the first time the site has been associated with something positive instead of negative. Yeah. So I mean, it's kind of a good twist, yes. an interesting twist. Like, do you feel like there's going to be yoga classes there soon? Oh, I don't know, but I would have to go. <laughs> Can you even imagine? It's a mare. <laughs> So um, there is actually a gentleman uh, from Chatham County. Um, He is a native to there, and also he's a folk musician. And his name is Tommy Edwards, and he grew up hearing all the legends. And he was so inspired by the legends that he wrote a song called The Devil's Tramping Tramping Ground. Okay. And I'm going to read a couple of the lyrics. And then um, as a special treat, we're going to play the song for everyone. So um, the first lyric is, there's a circle on the forest floor where nothing green will grow. No earthly science has yet explained just why that this is so. Now, don't go near that evil spot where Satan walks around in the heart of North Carolina at the devil's tramping ground. Ooh, that's good. I can hear it with like some banjos and some mace. You have completely imagined it. Just wait, y'all. So whatever the reason for the Devil's Tramping Ground, there's not yet a solid explanation. And it's just become a part of the folklore of Chatham County. So we're going to leave you with the song, The Devil's Tramping Ground by Tommy Edwards. Hope you enjoy and happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Thanks, everyone.
0: There's a place you'll find A barren path where nothing grows Forty
1: feet around That's the place that legend has Is the devil's tramping ground Well, they say old Satan walks the path
0: Thank you for joining us, True Crime Mamas. We hope you enjoyed these extra spooky North Carolina ghost stories. Happy Halloween, and as always, be safe. True Crime Mamas Podcast is a production of Coastal Mama Production. Theme music created by Sam Morrison with Arkham Files Podcast. TCM Podcast is property of the True Crime Mamas Podcast LLC.